straight in this morning. This is the last part of our Open Hands series. Um, it's been running the last two or three weeks. We've been thinking about how we can release uh, compassion and generosity through living with an open hand. If you've been tracking the series, we've been looking at some stories in Luke chapter 18 and 19. Luke 18, we saw a story of a rich um, official who met Jesus. Uh, Jesus challenged him to let go um, and to give to the poor. Um, and last week, Kim spoke from Zac- um, Luke 19, Zacchaeus, little guy, up a tree, meets Jesus, opens his hand and releases generosity. Um, this morning, we're going to look at another story from Luke chapter 19. If you have a Bible, uh, do you want to turn there? The words will come up on the screen in a moment. Unapologetically, that at its primary level, this is a story about money. It's one of Jesus' many, many stories um, about money. I'm going to be reading from... Um, the message uh, version this morning from verse 11. Words will come up on the screen behind me all being well. There we go. While he, that's Jesus, had their attention, and because they were getting close to Jerusalem by this time, an expectation was building that God's kingdom would appear any minute, he told this story. There was once a man descended from a royal house who needed to make a long trip back home to headquarters to get authorization for his rule and then return. But first he called ten servants together, gave them each a sum of money and instructed them, operate with this until I return. This points us to the age that we live in between Jesus' first coming to this earth and his return. It's talking about that period of history that we live in now. Verse 14, but the citizens there hated him. So they sent a commission with a signed petition to oppose his rule. We don't want this man to rule us. That's really interesting, isn't it? You know, wherever you are in terms of relationship with God this morning, there's something in here for you, whether you feel close or very far away. When he came back, bringing the authorization of his rule, he called those ten servants to whom he had given the money, to find out how they had done. The first said, Master, I've doubled your money. He said, Good servant, great work. Because you've been trustworthy in this small job, I'm making you governor of ten towns. The second said, Master, I made a 50% profit on your money. He said, I'm putting you in charge of five towns. The next servant said, Master, here's your money safe and sound. I kept it hidden in the cellar. To tell you the truth, I was a little afraid. I know you have high standards and hate sloppiness and don't suffer fools gladly. He said, you're right that I don't suffer fools gladly and you've acted the fool. Why didn't you at least invest the money in security so I would have gotten a little interest on it? Then he said to those standing there, Take the money from him and give it to the servant who doubled my stake. They said, but master, he already has doubled. He said, that's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. As for these enemies of mine who petitioned against my rule, clear them out of here. I don't want to see their faces around here again. Quite a sobering story, actually, isn't it? You know, for some of these guys, it it went well, and for others, it didn't end well. I don't know about you, but I want my life to end well. Do you? 
I, I want to do well in life. I want to end this life well. If we do, one of the things that's really important is how we handle money. And if we handle money by holding it really tightly, we do something that's very easy to do, but is actually not what Jesus asks us to do. Jesus asks us to live with an open hand. It's one reason why 40% of Jesus' parables are concerned with money. So I'm going to share three things from this story this morning, and then I'll, I'll talk some practical things. Three things that we can learn from this story, and beautifully this morning, they all begin with A. It gives us a chance of remembering. The first thing, an account. I believe we're going to have to give an account. Now, the good news is, there is a day coming when Jesus is going to return in judgment. But if you have said yes to Jesus, your judgment has already taken place. If you're a Christian, that is wonderful good news. Your judgment has already taken place at the cross. You and I have been found guilty. We've been guilty as charged. But Jesus has died in our place. Judgment has taken place. We are set free. But I believe that we will still have to give an account for how we spent our lives. How do we spend the time that God gave us? How did we use the gifts and the skills that he released to us? And how did we spend the money that he entrusted to us? See, in the story that we read this morning, each of these servants were given money by the king. If you read other translations, you will find that the amount was approximately two and a half times the annual salary. So you can do the own maths in your head. You know, what do you earn? Multiply it by two and a half. This, this was a reasonably large sum of money. And they were called back to give an account. And the principle is this, and we've shared this before in the last couple of weeks. The principle is, what is in your hands and what are you going to do with it? That's giving an account. What, what, what's in your hands and what did you do with it? Not what, is someone, not what is in someone else's hands, that's their issue. Not what you'd like to have in your hands or what you used to have in your hands. What it is in your hands and what are you going to do with it? All that we have is from God and we will give an account for that. The second A is attitude. Attitude. In this story, all of these servants were given the same amount of money. But they responded very differently. These first two servants, compared to the third, had very different attitudes. The third servant, who just went and hid their money away, they're gripped by fear. And they go and hide the money. And that's very much what we might call a spirit of poverty. Poverty is not being poor. Poverty is having something and holding it so tightly out of fear that we won't get more. That's a spirit of poverty. And so Proverbs 11 puts it this way. This is a wise saying. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. In other words, they have something, but they're holding on to it tight. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. It's a spirit of poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, I don't know about you, but as we think about money, it's easy for fear to rise, isn't it? Has anyone ever felt at all anxious about their finances? It's just me. Have I got enough for this week, this month? If you've got a mortgage, when you first take a mortgage, you know, the fear can grip you. 
You know, have I got enough for this year? Have I got enough for my pension, my retirement? So easy to get into fear. You look at the other two servants. What they did was invested what they had, what was in their hands for the sake of the king. That's what they did. The first makes a 100% increase. The second makes a 50% increase. Both of them are praised by the king. Verse 26. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. Which do you want? Which do you want? You see, fear leads to emptiness. Generosity opens the door to more than we could ever dream of. Living with an open hand. And it also leads to our third A, an award. You notice these two servants that did well, they were given an award. They were rewarded. They were blessed. They were given even more. You might be familiar with the language in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew tells this same story. And to the servants that did well, he says this, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Anyone want that at the end of your days? More than just me. Wonderful. Do you want Jesus to say that to you? Well done. Well done. You did well with what was in your hands. You did well. Come and enjoy my happiness. Three A's. We give an account, our attitude, and there's an award at the end of our days. Let's get practical this morning because money is one of those things that we don't like talking about. It's really important to talk about it and and to get some wisdom as to how we handle our money. What I'm going to do for these next few minutes is to share very personally how we as a family, Bethan and I, approach our money and approach giving. I'm going to share very honestly this morning. As I do so, I'm taking a risk. The risk is this. You might think better of me than I deserve, or you might think worse of me as a result. I may lose spiritual blessing in heaven by sharing honestly, but if you gain benefit at my loss, that's a risk that I'm up for this morning. So to illustrate how we, how we handle our money, here is, you know these new notes? They're funny, aren't they? You kind of wonder whether they're real. This is £100 in, in apparently proper money. The place that we start is by recognizing that it's not ours. It's in my pocket, but it is not mine. It belongs to God. We are just stewards. So giving for us is way less about how much we give to God and way more about how much he releases back to us to live on because it is all his. What we then do first thing is we pray about our regular giving to Riverside Vineyard Church because we believe that the local church is the focal point of the first part of our giving. And for us as a family about 20 years ago, we made the decision to tithe, the principle that you find in the Bible, literally giving a tenth part, 10% of our gross income. That's before the tax man gets his hands on us. And so that's one of them. This is what we would need to live on, spend and save. Over recent years, and we've shared this before, we have sought to go on a journey of increasing generosity and increasing the proportion that we give away. So where we are right now is there. 
the proportion we give. The Bible asks us to give regularly, and so for us, we've always given by standing order so that the bank remembers on our behalf. We give cheerfully because we love this church. We can't think of anything better to do with our money. And so one of the things that we have learned through this journey is that as we increase our generosity, God provides in abundance. He's given us way more than we could need. Now, I know many in this church give regularly. Many of you do that by standing order, through bank transfer, through the monthly giving envelopes that are on the side of the hall here. Thank you so much. Right now, around about 350 individuals and families are regularly giving to the church. That's about 48% of our church community. That is wonderful. We are incredibly grateful to you and incredibly grateful to God. If you're part of this church but not yet giving regularly, I want to invite you to take that step this morning. Great day to do that. For all of us, I want to invite us all to take a step forward in our giving today. And the best way to think about it is this. The Christian life is very often described as a walk. What is the process of walking? It's not complicated. Left, right, left, right. Yeah? One step at a time. What's the next step for you? What's the next step? In the area of giving, I want to invite you to take the next step. If you've never given, I'm going to collect this up just in case. If you've never given, I I need this for the next service, otherwise they'll miss out. If you've never given, begin to give. If you give sporadically, start giving regularly. If you give regularly, begin to tithe. And if you tithe, give extravagantly. Now, from time to time, other opportunities to give come across our path, and today is one of them. We've been talking over recent weeks about the Open Hand Project, and I'm going to talk about that in in a few minutes, part of our ongoing church center development. So what we next do as a family, when these opportunities come along, is we pray and ask Jesus to speak to us about what he would have us give. We both did that. We had a conversation a few days ago, and we both felt God say to us exactly the same number. Doesn't always work that way, being really honest. But this year it did, and we are um, giving actually a double tithe of some money that we have unexpectedly received this year. So that's what we're doing today. So the Open Hand Project, most of you I hope have heard about this. If you're visiting today, just would you bear with us? Um, There are brochures about this project. They're at the sides of the auditorium. They look like this. Part of this project is investing in our children and youth spaces in the church center here. There are rooms in the old part of the building which have very old windows, something like that. The rooms are very drafty. They are difficult to heat. They are cold in winter. That is not good for our children, for the environment, or our utility bills. They desperately need replacing for something like this. So we want to bless our children and youth in that way. A larger part of the project concerns Storehouse. Storehouse is our main compassion ministry here in the church, serving the poor in communities around here. It was established somewhere around about 20 years ago, 
It serves hundreds of families that are referred to us by over 80 professional agencies. It provides emergency food bags, children's clothing, toys, equipment, baby packs for newborns. There are four allotments growing fresh fruit and vegetable for those clients. There is a drop-in cafe providing connection and relationship, empowering families through things like money management. Many people in this church care deeply about Storehouse because it catches God's heart. And so over recent years, one of the things that we have seen is the demand for Storehouse dramatically increase, especially for food. And in this church, we have a saying. The saying is this, we are never going to say that enough is enough. That's one of our sayings. We're never going to say that enough is enough. And so God has been expanding our hearts and releasing dreams to us of a better future. So I'm going to show a video that catches some of this dream. You, you may have seen this last Sunday. If you did, enjoy it again. If you didn't, enjoy it now. Um, this is Hannah who's going to be sharing. Hannah leads our storehouse um, compassion project. Um, one of the big honors that I have is working with Hannah because she is passionate. And you'll see her articulate some of the dreams that God has put into our hearts. Welcome to Storehouse. Storehouse is our compassion ministry here at Riverside Vineyard. And we work with some of the most vulnerable families and individuals in the area, giving them food, clothing, equipment, baby packs. And we run a cafe on a Thursday morning, giving them breakfast, a hot drink, and somebody to talk to. We work with hundreds of referrers around the local area, referring families that they know are mostly in need. But Storehouse isn't something that's just been running for a few years. Storehouse started over 30 years ago, and it began with a bucket at the back of church. Storehouse, as a compassion ministry, has always been central to who Riverside Vineyard are as a church. In fact, it's a part of our DNA. In recent years, we have seen a huge increase in the number of clients that are in need. And as part of our vision statement, we know that God cares deeply for those in need. And we want to address those needs as best we can. We are blessed to have an amazing space here at Storehouse. But we would like to utilize the room that we have to make it a more welcoming space a more practical space that can be used by the team and by clients. Currently, we are struggling with space in our food room. We have a lack of uh, shelving. We share that room with other users. And we currently pack bags for clients based on what we think that they would like. Our sorting room is dull, it's old, it's dirty, and it's just really unpractical. choosing clothes for their children from plastic boxes that we've run out for them. We are so grateful for all that God has given us, but we know that there's always more. A few years ago, we transformed our toy area into a toy shop, and it has been an incredible blessing to our team and to our clients, and we would love to continue that journey. Over the last few years, we have been dreaming and praying about the future of Storehouse and what it could look like. And we're really excited about what is to come. 
We would love to create a food room with space for clients to walk around and pick their brand of baked beans or their flavour soup. We would love to create an area where we can hang clothes and, and shoes and display them nicely. We would love to have a sorting area that is clean, that is hazard free, where our volunteers can work safely. We are so grateful for all that God has given us and for all of your support over the years. But we would love to invite you into the next part of our journey. amazing isn't it that is just it is it is stunning it is absolutely stunning um, just the dreams that God is breathing upon us as a church community this is an exciting new season um, for storehouse a season where we can further empower families treat them with greater dignity creating food shop clothes shop all free of charge um, and increase our capacity to serve those that are poor in our community. It is going to require a significant redevelopment of space. Um, it is the part of our church center that is behind that back wall over there. Now, all of this, what I've described for our children and youth spaces and storehouse, it's a significant project. Um, our estimated cost is about £75,000. But one of the things that I know is that God is not poor. Um, and that if we open our hands together, we can do this. So how can we all be involved? Here's three ways, very briefly. Firstly, pray. Would you pray? Would you pray that as a church, we would serve children and youth and people in need in the very best ways? Secondly, please, if you can, give generously. Over and above your regular giving, I know this will require sacrifice, but it is an investment into God's kingdom. And thirdly, I want to talk about food collection points. You may, have, you may have heard about this already, but as I've said, the need for food has dramatically increased. And we're blessed by all the donations that come in week by week from people in our church that go to the collection point at the back. Other local churches, local schools, especially at Harvest, really help us. But the need continues to grow, and there are regularly gaps on the shelves. And part of this project, this open hand project, is designed to increase our capacity, particularly for food. So what that means is we need more food coming in. And one of the ways that we want to explore is through food collection points. See, the truth is many people, whether they have faith or not, want to help people in need. And we can help them to do that by having food collection boxes in offices, workplaces, schools, sports clubs, all around this local area. It would look something like this. Some information, a banner, and something where people can put their donations into. You'd need to get permission, obviously, from your boss or something like that. But our hope is, is that you would get a good reception because many businesses, for example, are actively looking for ways to be involved in their local community. You'd need to talk about it with your colleagues, look after it, bring the food in periodically to storehouse at a weekend. If you're up for exploring this, could you tick the box on the response card 
and someone from the storehouse team will be in touch with you. You see, as I think about this, I would love to see food collection points all around our local area. So I know there are a bunch of people in this church that work for BP. There are thousands of people that work down in Sunbury. Wouldn't it be great if they all brought a tin of beans? I have no idea whether we could get permission to get boxes up at the airport, but I know a lot of you work up at the airport. Lots of you have got kids at school. Could you talk to the head teachers? Are there ways that we could get these points in local schools around here? If you're up for exploring that, please just indicate. Wonderful. I'm going to close. I'm going to close by just sharing the same quote that I shared two weeks ago from uh, a lady called Corrie Ten Boom. She lived in the last century. She was Dutch. She and her family helped many Jewish people escape the Nazi Holocaust by hiding them. She was eventually caught. Uh, She was sent to a concentration camp. She wrote this. I have learned to hold all things loosely so God will not have to pry them out of my hands. I'll say that again. I have learned to hold all things loosely so God will not have to pry them out of my hands. Can I pray for us all? I'm going to. I've got the mic. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you give to us in abundance. That you entrust so much into our hands. Our lives, our resources, our time, everything comes from you. Everything is a gift. And Lord, we want to be the very best stewards of what you have given to us. And so Lord, I want to pray that to every one of us, you would give the grace to live as open-handed people. Lord, we, w- we don't want to be the kind of people that have to have stuff kind of ripped out of our hands by you. Lord, we offer what we have willingly to you. And so, Lord, use the little that we have, fill it with your power, use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rob, over to you. Fantastic. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to talk us through the cards, um, the, the response cards here. Um, so we would just want to invite everyone that considers Riverside Vineyard their home to complete one of these response cards, even if you're already a giving. Now, many people will have filled in a card already. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. If you haven't, we're going to pass some cards around now, some baskets coming around with envelopes and pens as well. Um, please grab what you need, whether that be a card, envelope, pen, whatever you need. I'm going to walk us through that card, um, and then I'll, I'll let us know about what we're going to be doing after that. So as we go, there, the form is in two halves. I'm going to talk through the white half, the top half, first of all. Um, and this is about regular financial giving or tithing to Riverside. So it's really important, first of all, that you complete your name and your contact details, because otherwise we won't know who you are. That's very important. If you're a UK taxpayer, we would love you to consider, um, you know, checking and signing the gift aid section. As Hannah mentioned earlier in the service, that gives us 25% back at no cost to you from the government. And then under the regular giving amount, this is on the right-hand side, you then need to fill in the amount that you wish to give per month. If you're already giving, thank you so much. Um, But please, would you still indicate how much you are committing to give in the coming year. Then if you can indicate how you'll be giving, whether that be by check or cash, 
or standing order. So if you are wanting to, wanting to start giving regularly by standing order, which is our favorite way, um, please fill in the details so that this can be set up. Okay? So that's the first half of the form. Then you just need to sign and date that. So that's the white bit there. I'm going to start talking about the bottom bit. Is everyone still with me? Near enough. So the bottom half of the card, the blue bit, uh, with the picture of, um, of the, the foyer entrance there, um, this is an opportunity for gifts over and above our regular giving. So this is the open-hand development of storehouse, children and youth spaces um, that Andy talked about, all part of our church centre development. Now, you may want to give a gift now and or pledge an amount for the coming year. Please insert the details into the relevant boxes there. So there's the church development gifts, um, and then if you are on the right-hand side is the standing order part of that as well. And then you just need to simply sign or date that.